welcome to Bloody Mary, a podcast about horror movies, feminism, and sexuality. I'm your host, Chicago comic Kristen Ryan, and today we have with us the wonderful and awesome Natalie Grace Alford. Hello! Hello, hello! hello. Oh, Natalie, I'm super pumped to have you on. Um, I'm pumped too! Yeah, whenever I have run into Natalie in the scene, I just have wonderful conversations, so I was very excited to get her in my living room to talk about horror movies with me. Yes! Uh, yeah, Natalie, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your projects that you've been working on? Well, a couple projects recently. I released an EP, uh, Type of Wound, and uh, it is available on Bandcamp, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon. And um, also, I have a YouTube channel where I do discuss uh, racism, feminism, some history topics, some pop culture topics, if, uh, you know, I, I have an interest in it, but... Uh, main thing right now is the EP release, and also um, I uh, play piano every week at a Chicago open mic called Cupcake Comedy Cabaret at 2020 North Oakley. It's hosted by Casey Brown and Martin Felschman. Oh yeah, I just got all that product placement right there. <laughs> oh yeah, and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> She's a goddamn star. I did it. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Super excited to have you here today. Uh, Natalie, what is the first horror movie you remember watching? Um, I had to look it up because uh, I watched a lot of crazy shit I shouldn't have watched growing up. I stayed at my grandparents' house every weekend, uns- mainly unsupervised. It's like we all had our own TV. <laughs> they fed us, you know. Um, but th- I remember seeing, from my first recollection, um, the remake in 1990 of Night of the Living Dead. Remember the remake? Mm, a lot mm-hmm. of people, and it didn't get a good, you know, review or whatever. It was literally just a play by play, and they did it for the 90s. But I remember seeing it, and it was the zombie movie. And it was like, I got to see like this weird, crazy scene of this woman, like, and I remember this forever this woman walking outside with a gun and just shooting a bunch of zombies while she's crying and breaking down. And I remember being like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the first horror movie that I can remember watching. I think it was about like nine. Okay, yeah. I like that you linked it to your grandparents. My grandfather ran a video store when I was little. Oh, what? Yeah, so I would frequently after school hang out with him and we'd just watch horror movies all day. Oh, was, man. It was fun. I liked it. I had a hide about it. My mother hated horror movies. Um, she walked in on when I was 12 and she came home early from work because she worked on the weekends. This is when we were old enough to, you know, watch ourselves and she walked into me when I was told of watching um, that sequel of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey do you remember oh, that one? Oh, and yes. she walked in on the scene where like Matthew McConaughey spoilers he's like crushing <laughs> the girl's head <laughs> Hey, mom, how's it going? And she's freaking out, like, you know, and my sister came in, like, being like, mom, it's not that big, because every weekend at her grandparents, we're watching whatever the fuck we want, Mm -hmm. and so she's freaking out, how can you watch this? This is gonna ruin the way you look, this is gonna desensitize you, and both the time, me and my sister were like, just go through it, we'll be able to watch it at grandma's house this week. (laughs) Grandma's cool. Yeah, we'll watch it at grandma, well, she didn't give a fuck, you know? So, how do you feel about horror as a genre? Um, I like horror as a, a genre because it's actually one of those very, very interactive. Naturally, in general, a story is interactive, but something about horrors or even thrillers, they put you in the situation of danger, a concentrate danger. And 
even though maybe in reality, like you wouldn't survive like the the protagonist would, but you want to think that you would, mm-hmm. right? Or like the thing in zombie movies, you think that you would be in the last group of survivors and you wouldn't be an asshole about the food <laughs> or rations. Oh no, you would just totally get it. You wouldn't be that jerk. But the thing is, is like, that's an, that's probably not the possibility, right? Um, when you really rewatch things, horror movies deal with psychology and they have a really good balance because um, as a musician too, if you want to talk about the importance of music, horror movies exemplify this so much so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that my uh, music teacher did in, in, in college is that he played the score of Cats to that scene of Michael Myers. <laughs> So you hear, cats, while Jamie Lee Curtis is running around freaking out. That's wonderful. Right? But that's another reason why I like horror films. They have this really good balance, and some people put them down as if they're not, um, which this could be the case. They could be very cheesy, or they can be crappy. There are crappy sequels and horror films, we know this, but the ones that get it the ones that get to put really absurd circumstances where not only are you rooting for the characters to survive you kind of think you're the character mm-hmm. it's almost like a video game yeah now that you mention it like i have after watching movies started formulating plans like okay yeah. if this happens this is what i'm gonna do I'm gonna <laughs> to get the most food and ammunition and like it's all back in the back of my head exactly First things first, water bottles. Yeah. (laughs) Prepare yourself for an argument over how to get bullets. I love that you brought up music because I feel like every episode I mention, like, the music in this part was so good. Yeah. And as a genre, I feel like it really utilizes music the most and the most effective. When it does it right. That's true. Yeah. Because my one um, thing, criticism with horror movies right now is the jump scare. Mm, um yeah because it's lazy because but this is part of the reason why i picked the movie that we're talking about today um so yeah that's part of the reason i like horror films and yeah it's survival you know Mm -hmm, definitely and speaking of the film natalie chose for today she chose teeth which uh it's a light-hearted romantic comedy (laughs) (laughs) it's just a girl telling a boy That she fucking hates him? No. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Teeth is about, uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, it's about a young girl coming of age and discovering that she has a set of teeth in her vagina. And along the way, she encounters a lot of mm, rapey dudes. And, uh, well, yeah, so, and, and before we start talking, let's do, I know people get offended by trigger warnings, but trigger mm, warning mm-hmm. on, on rape, um, on sexual assault, molestation, we're going to be talking about some stuff. And uh, if that is uncomfortable for people, you know, go ahead and like turn it off. But part of the reason I think we're even talking about this, like this is a feminist B horror movie. Mm -hmm. And there are few and far between that come through that actually hit the nail on the head and talk about it, even though it's like, you know this is a b movie this is like a shout out to b horror movies but it also has a lot of deep things that i think we need to be respectful and to be respectful we got to talk about it yeah i agree and i appreciate you putting that out there for sure no worries yeah all right so teeth for me why it's my favorite okay so the like i said it's a feminist b movie genre now uh first off they the music 
very 50s music. Mm -hmm. And they allude um, in this film, uh, and this is 2007, right? Um, uh, During a time like, you know, with the found footage crap, all right? And this one was really shouting out to criticizing the nuclear family like mm-hmm. this is literally set in a nuclear pla- <laughs> like yes. there you have two of those smoke uh, yeah. what are they called they frequently flash to them throughout the film frequently flash to them like and we don't know whether it's like that's what uh got her the mutation or anything but this isn't only um about that because it starts off she is a purity christian abstinence like she is in that shit and part of the reason i love this and i told chris about this i went to evangelical christian camp for eight years i was in a bible study group called awana where it's like girl scouts yeah yes Mm -hmm. you remember that shit Mm -hmm. oh yeah for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son yeah and he's gonna make you feel real weird about it and guilt you into it until you give your whole life until you do it yeah but (laughs) I think like part of the reason I could relate was that I believe that when I know when I was 14, I thought I was going to save my virginity. And Mm -hmm. I knew that I thought that sex was in this way, um, like you didn't just give it out as if my chastity was this bragging right. Right. Because whether or not like, and Dawn didn't necessarily have a bad intention. Like I said, she is a young woman and you know, this is her decision. She's a born again Christian, but this also exemplifies the problem we have in America with demonizing sex mm-hmm. and obsessing over it mm-hmm. at the same time. And that's a problem. It's like saying, don't drink that beer. But it's You so don't good. want that beer. <laughs> or when people quit smoking, it's like, I'm just not going to smoke cigarettes. And you keep thinking, no, I'm not going to smoke a cigarette. Not going to do it. I'll just keep this lighter. I'll keep the lighter. Like... <laughs> I'll keep the lighter right next to the pack of cigarettes that I hid, but I'm I'm not going to think about them, not going to obsess over them. And this is a pretty good point to bring up, especially given um, the story, because in a way she is deluded. She really believes it and she's not a bad person, but she does. So this is an important part, okay? And I... If I could just jump in for a yeah. second. I feel like she, you know, a lot of her family life is failing her. Yeah. Which is interesting because normally most religious people I meet, it's because their parents were super religious. Yeah. And Dawn's family isn't. And I feel like she's clinging to this purity movement because her family life is so shitty, maybe. Well, not only that, it's, she's listened to. That's, oh yeah. She's She's one of the, yeah, yeah. Uh, revered and she... You know, that's her one thing because that amazing. And so here's the other thing too about Don. She's not the most popular girl. Um, <laughs> not those t-shirts. She not only the t-shirts, <laughs> but it's like you know what? Like that's the thing. She was like doing her thing. My biggest thing was that amazing walk into high school. I was like, I was like, that was me when I walked into <laughs> junior high. Like I remember getting spit on and walking Ooh. to school. Like you got a new jacket, but that that beautiful scene. Of, I love anything that recognizes like human beings are shitty. High school sucks. People suck. If you think you were just nice and sweet, like it's like, no, there's, you know, judgments and stuff like that. But at the same time, you could see the reason because, you know, she was very, she was very devout and open in her faith, which sometimes that can be a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to dismiss that. So, um, 
where are we going? So the whole thing with the sex ed thing, and it obviously shows why it was so quick for her to go into that purity thing. It, it reflects in that school because mm-hmm. you cover up, you know, the vagina. <laughs> they cover up the vagina in with textbooks. The golden sticker. I don't know if that's done, but I know that that has been um, a lot of parent groups, or if they've had protests about the sex ed education program they've talked about just not showing pictures oh yeah i remember like my own sex ed program growing up we they never showed us like labia or clitoris or anything it was just the weird bull's head with the ovaries and this is where you make a baby not any sense of like this part is really great it'll give you a lot of pleasure Uh, nope strictly (laughs) functional see I, i could i could say that i had a different experience because uh it, they showed us everything, right? And wow, that's I actually. Great. Where I, did you grow up again? Uh, Des Plaines. It was at Maine West. Where to go Des Plaines? Uh, yeah, well, and also <laughs> I, it was the Maine school district, so I think um, a lot of them adhered to the thing. Same things. And literally, what I, I actually remember doing um, once I kind of was not as much Christian anymore, you know, when I was. At, at the Christian camp, they were really the like once you got to teenage year, they were really ho- pounding the homophobia, and you're, I was like, oh fuck, mm. and I'm bisexual, but at the time I was like still questioning it, but I was like, I think that's for me. So, <laughs> so um, but where are we going? So yeah, this is Dawn's life, okay, and she has a crush on one of the boys in the group. Now we're gonna get to where shit starts get going and why this is a horror film because okay so this takes you when i'm talking about that protagonist thing like this turns like the flip on it part of the reason i love it so toby is this guy who dawn has a crush on and he's in the purity group and he's like oh my gosh you're great you're wonderful you know and they're hanging out and you love this guy i loved toby the first watch when I watched it, mm-hmm. I thought Toby was, like, awesome. I, at least, uh, did did you, or did you... You know, he didn't give off any creep vibes. Exactly, and I think that that's important. But when I was re-watching it again, that's when I started realizing something of, oh, shit, this is um, date rape. Oh, but we forgot to talk about the first act of molestation from her brother in the Mm. beginning scene. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is his tale of somebody like a lot of people who have been sexually assaulted or raped more than once. It is, Mm -hmm. I forgot the statistics, but it's just one of those statistics. If you've been sexually assaulted uh, once, you're more likely to be sexually assaulted again, which is just, it's sad to Mm -hmm. think about. But so her brother was like around six. So this is addressing incest, right? And every every time she is sexually assaulted, it, it like I said, it's concentrate. It's reflecting a bunch of victims in America. Like a lot of people be like, damn, how did I go through shit? But so that was the first assault, incest, that a lot of people go through. Second mm-hmm. assault, date rape, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When I was re-watching it, I saw again when they first hung out and didn't like you know um do anything yet but he said i joined a year ago after i lost my virginity and the guilt was overwhelming that's why i joined Mm. how old is he i believe maybe 17 how many 17 year old boys after they finally lose their virginity have so much guilt that they join a purity not only that, being, I think somebody is trying to control something. 
I think somebody's trying to keep something secret. That's a possibility. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but on rewatch, it started adding up. Yeah, for sure. Because any other 17-year-old boy would be like doing laps for high fives. Dude, oh my God. Not only that, being like, oh my God, this is sex? Consensual? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never heard from my boyfriend when he talks about like, oh, the first time I had consensual sex, I felt so guilty. Very true. Oh God. No. So this is something that Wow, that is so subtle. I didn't even notice it. And that's the situation with a lot of date rapes. A mm-hmm. lot of date rapes, the you you decided to go on a date with them because you did like them. Because mm-hmm. you did see a good person. Because you you liked them. And this is the problem with date rape and why it's not believed. Why'd you go at them? Mm-hmm. Didn't you know? Because we have the idea of the mm-hmm. rapist behind the, in the alley and the, you know? So, so... We literally go to like horrible, like she keeps saying no, no, Mm -hmm. gives some very clear things. And she, so he rapes her, but then you get the most satisfying, glorious, amazing, (laughs) you are, and the way that the sound that they did. So let's talk about the physical effects. Horror movies are physical effects. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? If this movie, and I'm glad they did Dentata because if they did like poison, like the the typical woman who has poisonous Mm -hmm. pussy juice or whatever, (laughs) we wouldn't see those awesome physical effects. Mm -hmm. You see this guy. You see it. You you see the castration. Yeah, you all get of it. and you get and I hate admitting it, but you get a primal satisfaction of seeing this guy. And his penis immediately chomp off. Mm-hmm. And so he, they're in like a bio lake. And so he jumps into the ravine and then they, sh- <laughs> they show a shot of the penis. They do. <laughs> they give you what you want. They give you what you want. They give you everything that you want. And in a weird way. So I'm a rape survivor. Like I said, we're going to be talking about stuff and I want to be honest about it. So when I saw that, I was like, <gasps> yes. <laughs> Because it like that whole thing about being able to put yourself in the shoes mm-hmm. of that person. And this is part of the reason, like, now I know that other people are going to have different feelings about it because going up to it, it is a hard scene, but then you get an ultimate satisfaction. And then all of a sudden you are laughing. And that is hard for mm-hmm. a movie to do. And I think only a horror film could have done that. But also the actress, oh, who was the actress again? She was amazing, who played Dawn. Jess Weixler, she, her comedy, but also drama. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So that was the first sexual assault. So she's looking into it. Um, Hold on. Do you want to say anything else? No. Okay. So let's keep going. All right. So she's freaked the fuck out because holy shit, she has just chomped a man's dick off. Not meaning to. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she didn't know what happened because, you know, and there's actually a, if this uh, reminds me about the real life story of that uh, daughter who cut her father's penis off uh, because he had like sexually abused her um, most of her life. And oh, wow. oh yeah. And she found out that he had been insisting to take her uh, niece over to oh. Africa. By, yeah. So she cut his dick off wow, thinking. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. And she thought that um, he was going to survive, but um, he didn't. And he actually like, you know, so, but this reminds me of that, that core of like, Oh, but I really see why you did that, girl. Mm-hmm. So 
she starts looking at vagina dentata. So vagina dentata, it's a myth about, you know, the teeth having vagina and that a man needs to conquer it, right? Mm -hmm. But there's also images they mention Medusa. And you know the story of Medusa, right? Yes. For those of you who don't know, do you want to say it? Me. Oh, you say it. Um, uh, Medusa was a priestess, a virgin priestess in the Temple of Athena. Um, For those of you who don't know, uh, we're talking about Greek mythology right now. Medusa originally... Um, was praying in Athena's temple and Poseidon came in and raped her. Now, did Athena come in and be like, Poseidon, what the fuck? You're such an asshole. Don't do that. This is one of my priestess. No, Athena blamed Medusa. This is very important. The way that it was written was not, oh, have sympathy for Medusa. It had a slight sympathy, but it actually was the way it's written, Medusa's fault. Wow. Because it, actually in the story, she had been like pushing his advances away. And then finally he did it in the temple. So she's turned into the Gorgon by Athena, by a female god, goddess. Let's, so let's understand this. So she is punished for her rape. And so for the rest of her life, men cannot even look at her. This goes into the shame aspect. And when Dawn was researching and reading through, and there were multiple different like pictures of Medusa in this film. Mm-hmm. So they're really calling back to this. I, I don't think that film would do that unless it was making us really think about, look, what we want to do is we want to give a woman power because Medusa had some real power, but it was as a curse. Mm-hmm. And this is a film that flipped it on its head. And this power actually, like, ev- I think every woman, trans uh, woman, trans man, LGBTQ was like, can I have teeth? Uh, like, <laughs> can I have something? <laughs> right? Yeah. So in a weird way, because this is a different type of horror films, we've seen things like this, but this is the horror film where we identify with the murderer. Mm-hmm. We love the murderer. Yeah. And at every point we're rooting for the murderer. For sure. And it's so rare to have that in a film. Yeah. Think about it. How many... I can't really think of a horror film that has that... I mean, you have to kill zombies, but that's different. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess Serial Mom would be the closest. And even then, you weren't sure if you liked it. <laughs> I know, you weren't sure. But it was great because John Waters has those films where I hate everybody and I'm going to show how petty life is. Yeah, but, for sure. Which this um, movie does too, right? Uh, but, so... She's learning these things. Then she goes to the gynecologist. Then we get to the second assault, which, mm. and like I said, this is like a concentrate of what a lot of victims of rape and sexual assault, which is part of the reason why I think they did it for that satisfaction, mm-hmm. you know, for people like, yeah. So she goes to the gynecologist and he turns out to be a prick. He takes off his glove and begins sexually assaulting her with his hand. Now, this is clear he is a repeat offender. He has done this before. Nobody would will be willing to take that mm-hmm. unless they have done this before. Yeah, he was very nonchalant about Exactly. It. And so she is like, ah, and then chomp. Yeah. But this chomp was different because it chewed. And at each each time the, the uh, attack happens from the vagina, it gets like they up the ante. So actually it was this fight scene with like her vagina <laughs> keeping hold of the hand. That's right. And then she's trying to like push away, <laughs> but her vagina and the whole time you hear like, ow, 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 
and he's, it's like this big fight scene. So finally, the vagina spits out the doctor and the, the four fingers you see on the floor. Mm-hmm. And the best line ever. So this is one of my favorite scenes, but the best line, Vagina Dentata! <laughs> vagina Dentata! And then like, like, it's just like this confusion. And you're laughing. So like I said, like how... I can't believe a film did that where they can like take these situations, but I think it's because of that gratification we're able to laugh. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Dawn isn't knowingly controlling it. Exactly. So it's kind of like tied into this, like she, you know, it takes like so, so often when rape cases and assault cases become public, there's mm. so much blame on the victim. Yeah. And that this movie completely removes that for you and puts it you in her well, shoes. And and you get to see the different scenarios when you see those news stories, then you really start thinking about it. Mhm. But not only that, unfortunately, like here's like yeah, I sometimes think maybe that's part of the reason in a weird way that we're identifying a little more because well, actually, no, because essentially she can't help it. And I think the overall theme is you sexual assault and rape are, isn't this like clear black and white thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of victims cannot help it mm-hmm. if they're, you know, like, and that's why they did first date rape. So then she goes to the doctor. <laughs> so finally, so she is like freaking out. She's going through PTSD. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, Jess Weixler, the, the, the woman that plays Dawn, mm-hmm. amazing actress. She was great. Um, and I'm glad I saw her in The Good Wife. She's on The Good Wife now. Oh, I haven't watched that. I can never catch up. The Good Wife is always that thing where I want to follow St. Alicia, but I just get, you know, I can't binge it. I think I might do it if I like get, ever get sick or something. But anyway. <laughs> but she, you know, I'm glad she gets work. But like she just did an amazing job. She was funny when she needed to be funny, mm-hmm. which considering the material, oh my God. So... She's going through all this shit, and um, what do you call it? Let's talk about Brad. Okay. Brad made me feel like I was watching a trauma movie. Brad made me feel like I was um going to uh the trailer park to visit like one of my friends. (laughs) I did visit my friends at the trailer, but you met some fucked up people and like fucked up brothers or fucked up cousins and relatives. You know the ones that are like. You know, have the Confederate flag outside oh, yeah. and like, you know, like, yo, do you want to go to a turkey testicle festival? <laughs> Which, yeah, that happened, actually. That, that really did happen. I'm not even lying. Okay. Wow. I had a crush on a girl and then she had like friends there and I went along and it was like the worst decision of my life. <laughs> and she ended up having sex with the guy who recommended the turkey oh. testicle. I know. I, I went home early because. <laughs> but Brad is the typical example of a bully that gets away with it his entire life. Mm-hmm. He Because think about that scene where both of their parents just kind of brushed over him bothering the sister. They could have been like, no, you need to go out and if you're not going to behave with your baby sister. They didn't do that, did they? I don't know if they knew what was going they on. They didn't know, but here's the problem. That's asked- incest. That's yeah. the problem with incest. That's, They're showing yeah, the new... And they're really showing the nuance of it because you don't think... Yeah. Okay, but some, you, but horrible. you also don't want to think that like you might have a sociopath. Is sociopathy like learned? Mm. Is it born with narcissism? But anyway, I think Brad is the perfect example. When he grows up, you see Ugh. his behavior has not been taken seriously. He's probably been giving a lot of breaks. He's probably been given 
just, oh, the benefit, oh, just leave him alone, oh, he's whatever, mm-hmm. not realizing that there's a problem and there's a lot of problems developing. And um, to the point especially of the obsession, not love, the obsession mm-hmm. over his sister. And he's that perfect, angry, I'm pissed off at women. I hate women. Yeah. And... MRA, they're right there. Oh, dude. Uh, well, not all MRAs. I don't know. And now a lot of people are saying anti-feminist. Like I said on YouTube, I deal with this stuff a lot. And it's... But you see a lot of him projecting all of his hatred. And um, he's domestically abusive to his girlfriend. Yeah. And he also, in another weird way, she's getting constantly, not sexually assaulted, but her sexual needs don't give a fuck because Brad is so scared of the traumatic incident of sticking his like finger and getting it bitten. Mm-hmm. He won't fuck women in their uh, pussies. Just butt sex. Just butt sex. Right? And he literally, it's not even a consideration. Uh, the, the character he's dating even expresses, I would prefer. And then he's like, well. He's like, I have a perfectly like, good pussy. Yeah, I have a perfectly <laughs> good pussy. And then, yeah, you see him. He is just the example of, I guess, a narcissist and a domestic abuser. Ryan, I think, is the uh, sit-behind-the-computer um, typical example of, like, I... Pickup artist. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's got the Because you know he's a virgin. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and, but also, you know from the beginning that he... Like, he tried to ask her out with that, like, card. His business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what type of 17 year old needs a fucking business card? She knows yeah. you don't have a real job. This is, like, that's so, like, learning about, like, oh, this what is... What impresses how, women. What impresses a lady. Right? And he is also under the um, category of... Date rape drug. Oh, yeah. All right? Like, this is part of the reason why, like, some people who watch this movie are like, man, she's having a bad weekend. And I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, yes, this is true, but this is also a horror movie, right? Yeah. She is getting put into horrific situations. That's the whole point. And that's that's part of the reason why this movie's brilliant, um, among other things. So Ryan is just this sad, pathetic boy who learns a lot of sexist horrible attitudes and the only aim at the end of the day is his physical pleasure Mm -hmm. that's it he just wants to experiment on the female body he wants to put her in a certain scenario right yeah he's like researching it he researched he researched Mm -hmm. very well um so when we're when we're talking about this so she goes there she's having an awful time so she takes a bath and he gives her two pills and he says this is stuff that my mom takes for nerves Mm -hmm. she immediately takes it now this goes into the nuance the trickiness of everything because uh this is a great example i remember CeeLo with giving women ecstasy and then it being brought up that um i no, I wouldn't have done that if mm. I wasn't under the influence um, because they weren't even told what they were taking. That's the difference. Mm. Or And also slipping into drinks. The big thing was like they actually found that he had been slipping it into drinks. Oh, wow. So let's... So, but also the nuance of, well, you took that pill, which is what Bill Cosby did. Mm-hmm. Did he not? Mm-hmm. Right? I And it makes you really think about that um, image of like Cosby being just this nice, lovable, a little bit dorky, middle-class butcher. And all the while, 
this is why this technique is so effective. You took the pill. Mm-hmm. Isn't that consent? Did you know what it was? Did you know the full extent? Did you know the dosage? This is where the shit gets tricky. And I'm glad that this showed this. Mm-hmm. Because how many arguments do you hear online about like, well, I mean, what? how drunk can you be? I mean, well, you know what I'm saying? No, that's a really important point. Especially with the release of a certain someone. <gasps> exactly. Mm-hmm. Brock Turner, three months for good behavior. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see that people are protesting outside his house? I... Like, armed? Armed protesters, rather? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I know. Well, that that is... I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. But what I... Probably no guns. But but here's uh, the problem. Here's the problem that we need to also acknowledge with that. That is part of the reason why this is a failure of the justice system. Mm -hmm. Because part of sending people to prison is not only for the punishment but also the protection of that person when you really think about it. If Brock Turner actually got a real sentence, an actual sentence, sure, people would still know maybe if he got like five years, maybe if he got six years, they would still know what type of person he is, but there would be an acknowledgement of, yes, he did his time. Mm -hmm. This is the failure of the judge. This is the failure of the judge. Let's make that very clear. And this is part of the reason why it's important to bring up the nitty gritty of this stuff. You know, like what if uh, recently there was a guy who uh, just got uh, 30 days for molesting an Mm -hmm. eight-year-old, eight-year-old boy, and he got 30 days. Yeah, it sends the message that it's not a crime. Exactly. And people will get mad. Like, you know, that whole thing of like why the cage bird sings when my Angelou stopped talking because, you know, instead of her rapist... Um, being, you know, put in jail, her family, you know, her family members, you know, they thought that they were doing the right thing. But sometimes you got to protect as much as I hate being like, you have to protect people even like when they commit crimes. That's part of the reason why we have jails. That's part of the reason why you even, even tried to do a judicial, judicial system. Okay. Mm-hmm. But so let's get this out of the way. So part of the reason this is nuanced is because Dawn, likes the sexual experience Mm -hmm. now she is under the influence but this is the whole trickiness of it so she's having sex consent it's like drugged exactly it's that whole thing if you're drugged you're not able of giving consent if you're like fucking blackout drunk you're not able of giving consent and and he wouldn't have given those pills for any other reason Mm -hmm. right and he hid her clothes it was like it was yeah and he had like the whole like atmosphere the candles yeah Yeah, the baby is cold outside (laughs) (laughs) you'll catch a fever out there but so they have sex and then in the morning and this is one of those things part of the reason why it's nuanced so she felt like she had a good experience and then she has another um experience of consensual sex Mm -hmm. this does happen if you think that you had consensual sex and this can happen with um you know PTSD. I've had friends who thought that they just had a mistake and then they had sex the next morning, but they can't stop thinking about it six months later, a yeah. year later, and two years later. Especially, Sue, so many times when you're young, like the first time is weird, but then it sets a precedent. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we've done this, so I guess 
It'd be weird if I stopped doing it. Exactly. And like I said, she thought, but then she got a quick realization of what a little uh. douchebag because she she found out while they were fucking, and this is how much of a dweeb you know he is, and like a, piece, a POS, um, he answers the cell phone while they're fucking and uh. like reveals it was a bet. And unfortunately, she still didn't have control. <laughs> and that one, when I talk about up the ante... Oh man, they show it and <laughs> it's the most amazing thing because his like that actor's voice was perfect. Mm-hmm. He was like, ah, ah, <laughs> and it was like the same noise that he made when he was coming. That is true. And well, the favorite part of that is he screams out, Mom. Well, not only Mom, well, well like she like leaves and is like, oh crap. <laughs> but like her like pussy just bit off this kid's dick. She's like, oh shit. <laughs> Not again. And this is where you start to get the real thing of like, she's like discovering her superpowers. Mm-hmm. It's weird. She is. My favorite part though, too, about the physical effects, they show a lot of blood spurting. So it's like really fucked up because that is actually like blood and pee and cum at the same time. Yes. When you think about it first off, physical mm-hmm. effects in this movie are amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, it looks really, it doesn't look tacky. It doesn't look tacky. Silly. It looks realistic. Well, no, it looks fucking silly because also, did you notice that the black condom was still on? Oh, yeah. He tried to put in like the little black condom. And yeah, so then he cries for his mommy. Uh-huh. And she's like, some hero. Yeah, such a great line. Yeah, some hero. Yeah, because he was telling her like, I can conquer it. I can conquer it. Yeah, that whole like, you know, but that's the whole thing. Tying back to Medusa. They always give hints to Medusa in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one of the things we're not talking about, uh, because it's not really that big, but it's an important uh, catalyst or turning point in the movie. So her mom is dying of cancer and her piece of shit brother, when her mother fainted in the mm-hmm. house, he basically ignored it while his mother was crying. And he, this is how much control he had over his girlfriend. His girlfriend was trying to help, but mm-hmm. he said it like, you know, if you go out there, I'll like, you know, like don't even go out there. Fuck that. Yeah. That's a lot of control. At first I was angry at her, like, but then when I saw, like, when she confessed, that was her reclaiming her own thing of, like, I didn't realize what his control had done to me. I, that's not who I am as a person, mm-hmm. right? That's a pretty important aspect. So. Yeah, it shows her having some self-agency. Some, you know? well, and also after the whole, like, movie, she is a, and this is the thing. This is why this is a feminist B-horror movie. They're showing, like, this concentrate of what a lot of people are going through. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so, she develops her plan, and this is the ultimate ending strike. So, when I talk about that thing with Medusa, they literally show the 50s uh, horror film in the background oh, and yeah, a, yeah. of the Medusa Yes. And when she comes in. And well, in the lead up to that too, she was also like putting on makeup like it's putting on makeup to this like is really like aggressive music. Making sure to wear the, yeah. And this is like 50s music. Like they use 50s horror movies. Have mm-hmm. you seen The Blob? Do you remember The Blob? I, long time ago. But... If you rewatch it, it has the same type of like sounds that they did. They used an orchestra. They used an or- orchestra at time. Like, you know, when she was like, but also at the like, <laughs> I wish you all could see Natalie's gestures yeah, right my now. <laughs> but they do the cool like horn percussions and that's you don't 
see that in a lot of horror films, especially around 2007 at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was kind of like slipping into uh, torture porn at that point, wasn't it? I would say... Like pills, eyes, stuff like that. You know what? Here's what I think about that scene. Because at that point, she has total control over her vagina. Mm -hmm. And it was that question that you said, is she now the predator or is she the victim? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing about it. And this is part of the reason why I think they decided to keep true to the Medusa story because at the end of the day, Medusa was isolated mm-hmm. and Medusa started hating men. I mean, think about it when you really think about if like we did it, a Medusa story now, which would be an amazing horror movie. Mm-hmm. She's recovering from being raped by a God being turned into a monster being ca- cast out literally like away from the community she's not even a woman anymore she's a gorgon how much would you hate the world and how much would you hate men like how much would you just uh, i am going to i'm gonna freak out i'm going to do things and i'm you know at the same time so that's a moment where she takes it upon herself to be like i know that he is a predator and he's dangerous. He's mm-hmm. dangerous. And right now, like when I talk about that justice system thing, she knows what the justice system, she's on the run right now, mm-hmm. right? She knows that she's going to be charged with murder, but of something that she couldn't control. Mm-hmm. She, and talk about, you know, in a weird way, like in a horror movie, kind of even reflecting the apprehension of going to the police. And then compounding it. Yeah, because there was a few scenes where, like, she was almost interacting with police, and mm-hmm. it was more she, they were always like going for someone else or missing her, and there was always like a whew, moment. Yeah. So that was always in the back of your mind. Yeah. They were coming for her. Yeah. Uh, though the surgery. T- oh God, the surgery scenes are great. Oh yeah. They showed the, the like the re- gynecologist. Like they, they had to reattach the gynecologist's fingers, and the surgeons were like. Do you want to tell us? And then they showed the surgeons again reattaching uh, the dweeb uh, Ryan's penis. Mm-hmm. And they, they said, like, seems hardly worth it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> seems hardly worth it. And yeah, that was good. Um, like I said, it's so surprising how this film can get um, humor in it. But mm-hmm. here's the big thing. At the end, she... I think finally realized I know that this guy is going to hurt other women. Mm-hmm. She knew for a fact that her brother was going to hurt other women. And then right as he, they started having sex revealing that he had molested her. Mm-hmm. And when she realized that you heard the slowest, she slowly, slowly, slowly like bit his penis. And he was just like in shock and he had a dog Okay. Yeah. <laughs> named mother. Named mother, which is very so. Ugh. He's bleeding, and then like the dog gets out, and like it also has that amazing like she drops the penis out of her vagina. Yeah. She held it and dropped it. It was like the ultimate mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> dick drop. It was a dick drop. That was that's what that was, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm opening beer. Yeah, Natalie's uh, ultimately already my favorite guest because she brought a six pack of beer. Yeah, man. <laughs> you want that? Yes. Thank there you. we go. Cheers, cheers. Yay. Local brew, three one two. Even though it's made in New Jersey. Oh yeah, Here, I'll do that oh, for you. Thank you. 
But what that last scene was, was Dawn trying to, unfortunately, become, you know, because this is a horror film. Now she is, she's the monster. But she's a good monster. She's so goddamn likable, you know? Well, but the other thing, too, is I think it shows a desperation. It shows a, this is all I know how to protect. Like, when I talk about that um, woman who was molested all her life, and then um, she chopped off her father's penis, or, and you have heard about murder stories, like, watch Deadly Women or Snap. You have heard murder Mm -hmm. stories of domestic abuse survivors one day because they didn't leave and one day they go all out and freak out that's the problem with these types of relationships right Mm -hmm. someone will die right Mm -hmm. and so she but also this ending scene but also laugh you will laugh your ass off it is like every every kill feels deserved you feel bad for it and that's the whole point of a horror movie yeah but you feel like she's serving justice she's serving it up because she knows that it's not going to happen and and at that point he had threatened um his father with his dog uh clearly showing that like dad i would be so fine with killing you yeah he did show that earlier so we're not just talking about him being a piece of shit who molested his sister and is domestically abusive to his girlfriend. And disregarded. And disregarded um, a woman dying of cancer. And but punched it, a kid that just showed up at his door that he didn't really know. Yeah, but it's also funny of like yeah. seeing p- other pieces of shit interact with other pieces of shit. Because at that one point, I was totally cool with Brad. I was totally cool with Brad like being the dickhead. And this is what this movie does. Like, I, I just... It shows dynamic characters. It shows different levels of characters. It makes you think about the world. And the other thing, too, going back to the religious aspect and that, like, I forgot to mention the scene that we talked about, Mm -hmm. um, the evolution scene. Yes. Okay. And with all this shit going on recently, I want to bring this up. So whether this is an accident or not, I do not know because one of the drawbacks, but maybe a plus sign of this movie I don't know whether to think about is it's very white. Very white, very heteronormative, Mm -hmm. right? You can agree, right? But there's one important scene uh, with a black female uh, science teacher teaching about evolution. And she is literally explaining mutations uh, that happen in certain species in the theory of evolution. And some of the Christians, you could even see scenes where they were upset. Mm -hmm. But Dawn was late. You know, Dawn had a lot of shit she was going through. Um, At this point, though, Toby hadn't been murdered or anything. No. Right? Yeah. So she's going through some stuff um, and temptation. Like I said, she's having a crush on Toby. But she walks in late right when the teacher finished talking about evolution and the Mm -hmm. things that adapt and change. And she was like, Dawn, this was about you. And you missed it. Mm Mm-hmm. That is such a crazy important line. Now, I don't know if it was just... A coincidence, but considering how much thought that I saw and like, you know, in this film, because you know they're talking about old allegorical shit, they're talking oh, yeah. about old stuff. So I wonder if it's just that long t- that tale of like a white woman actually missing out on listening to a black woman that it might actually help, mm-hmm. that it might actually be something that you know like. Uh, and I wonder, but there's also a thing in Hollywood I'm not going to also not acknowledge. Sometimes what Hollywood does is they have 
two castings. They'll have a first initial casting and then somebody will look it over and see the cast. And if there's only white people, then they do another set of auditions because they are like, we need characters of color because the initial process, they just, they, they just didn't, didn't te- exactly yeah. like showing that internal bias thing. So maybe it was that, but I also did like when I was on rewatch or uh, when I was taking notes for this is you know, how big that is in America. Like, you know, for example, remember the welfare queens and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And then when Bill Clinton signed like the, uh, what was that act called? Basically like decimating. Yeah. Cutting through decimating welfare. Mm -hmm. Bunch of black women were right behind him. Well, it turns out, (laughs) turns out mostly white women were on welfare at the time. So effectively the government used racism to make white women Vote against their own interests. Isn't that interesting? And if only they had listened to black women, mm-hmm. only if they had listened, maybe a couple problems, a couple decisions that in fact mostly affected women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. It could be one of those two things, but... I hope it's best case scenario, because I feel I like too. that's such an important statement, and I completely missed it, and you brought it up when we were at Gallery Cabaret the other night, and I was a little bit yeah, drunk, but I just couldn't stop screaming, like, oh my god, that's so yeah. smart! <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but... No, it was actually, but if they didn't, it made it that much more of a powerful mo- moment. I, let's say they did. Best intentions. Yeah, best there. intentions. Not going to dismiss it, but best intentions, right? Because this was a very, also, it can be a universal movie, but it's a very American movie. Because the other thing I think about is that because it's very um, white, it goes into that thing of, guess what? Rapists or people who are committing sexual assault they come in all races they come in Mm -hmm. all creeds and colors and forms and even ages you know this shows you know because like i think about that remember that um the cat calling video where the woman walks around and it turned out they had edited out all the white people Mm -hmm. because there were white cat callers oh there always are yeah (laughs) i mean anybody who lives in a city knows this that it's it's ubiquitous but what that does, and this is a problem in our country, is it makes some white women and sometimes, you know, uh, different races of women think that it is more likely that black men mm-hmm. or uh, POC uh, or men of color darker, you know, are going to harass them. And that is a dangerous thing because then it's like, oh, no, I'm safe with him. Mm-hmm. You might not be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there, and it's not saying like, I'm just saying like, like it's, this movie shows it happens in small towns. People think, oh, it's just a city thing. It happens in small towns. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it happens with families. Sometimes it happens on your first date. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it happens in a doctor's office or uh, with an authority figure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really like circles all the bases of the. It experience. tries to, and I know that there are other things because, like I said, it's also heteronormative, mm-hmm. and for me, you know, there's actually a very interesting study. I didn't write the link down, but um, hopefully you can look it up. But um, uh, it talked about abuse rates within the LGBTQ and sexual assault rates within the LGBTQ rate. Interesting fact 
the um, cis gay men and cis gay women, they actually have a very similar um, abuse, domestic abuse rate, mm-hmm. very similar sexual assault rate. And we know that um, trans people and genderqueer people, are, especially trans people, have the highest of both domestic abuse and sexual assault, right? So for me, maybe this movie, but also this is 2007, right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't it? When was uh, Defense Against uh, Marriage repassed? It was right around there. And then California with uh, Proposition 10 or Proposition 8? Yeah, Proposition 8, all right? So I'm not surprised, but I hope that this movie, part of the reason I like this movie, I think it can influence future things or think mm-hmm. about the different like look at old greek mythology or look at all these old weird tales that could really reveal some things about our culture and turn it on its head and you can make it funny which is so mm-hmm. fucked up like you guys I, we're not even doing service we're talking about this like movie on a deep level but this movie is also funny Mm-hmm. And for genuinely funny, like laugh out loud. Yeah, laugh out loud funny. And for me, and I'm not trying to say because I'm, I'm a rape survivor, and I know my experience is not the same as everybody else's experience, right? And I know that other people have different reactions to some things. If you don't have a good reaction to this movie, if that's what happens, I, I'm totally fine with that. I empathize. However, for me, it was this thing of like, one, I wanted teeth in my vagina. <laughs> um, right after I was like, I want Dentata, give me Dentata. But two, it gave me a hope that this film got it. The people that did this got it. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it was, you know, really revealing. And here's the biggest thing too. At no point does it say the word rape mm-hmm. or sexual assault. Let's really think about that because I think that was also a conscious decision because part of rape culture is shh, mm-hmm. be silent. How many times do you hear girls? I was taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I made a mistake. I did that when I was, I, it, I did not want to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And also the guy I was with at the time, he didn't either. So I cheated on him in his eyes. Um, mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, it was, Yeah. So, because I didn't, um, I grew up being a feminist. Like my mother d- trained me in self-defense, but I, I couldn't help like you know being drugged. I could not help mm-hmm. that thing. So like that thing with like, with the dweeb Ryan, mm-hmm. my heart sang. Like <laughs> it sure. sang because it at least is acknowledging like one, this would be great, but two, why is it that you think this is great? And three, it leaves it up to the viewer to really look at what do you think you saw? Mm-hmm. What do you think you saw? And if you don't come up with each one being it's sexual assault and rape, you got to look at yourself. And that is brilliant. A lot of horror movies make people think about what does it say about you? Who mm. would you like in the zombie movies? Who would mm-hmm. you be in the group? Oh, for sure. What does it say about you? So, What's your plan? Yeah. At the end of the day, what does it say about you? Because this is, this is the central topic, but they do not use the word. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I didn't even notice that. Oh, yeah. I had to rewatch it. And when uh, I rewatched it, I was like, holy shit. Because that's even... Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Right? 
<laughs> but I also see it as, because she had a very typical reaction. Like, she showered first thing. She was very groggy, disillusioned. She mm-hmm. was doing blame upon herself. And she was using religious reason, reasons upon herself. Also, oh yeah, and they call back to the Greek chorus during that. Remember, she goes into that scene and... Some people don't get that scene where she's talking to the purity people again the second time she talks to them and they're calling out the serpent woman is made like they're quoting Bible verses, mm-hmm. but that's what the Greek chorus did. Like in a play, like what sometimes like they were the ones who were interacting with the inner monologue just simply on a volume level. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it was great that you could tell these guys were very influenced with like, we got to show not only Greek mythology, but Christian mythology. Mm-hmm. Because the the two are very tied together, even though one's polythea, uh, polytheistic versus monotheistic, it still had the uh, element, as Simone de Beauvoir said, the men who held this, they had their own perspective and they showed it. So, yeah, I think that that is uh, why I like teeth and the chomping. Chomp, <laughs> chomp, chomp. You, are, you hear every chomp. And the physical effects, the music... That's what, that's why I like it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think she she did become a monster, but she became like, you know, like the I, if there is somebody that's going to try to sexually assault me, I can assume that they've been trying, like that guy at the yeah. end. Oh, oh. Remember that? That guy is so The hitchhike. Creepy. Yeah, because then she was hitchhiked and then she was mm-hmm. locked in the car until like, but then she makes the decision like, well. Okay, I guess I got a new car. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> you feel like she's a vigilante. Like, mm-hmm. she's doing this for all women. And exactly, like- and whether it's good or bad, it might also... Maybe that has to show with, like, what... How desperate it is, you know? But at the same mm-hmm. time, it, it's a good ending for a I horror mean, film. Yeah, it's definitely a statement on, like, how... Women don't always feel... I mean, like, as victims don't always feel protected in this sense. And yeah. You have to take it upon yourself to make things right. That's why people are outside Brock Turner's house right now. You know, yeah. Because they don't feel like yeah, justice was served. Exactly. And it's not even like, that's the thing that gets me is part of the reason I like this film too is like you mainly hear, you mainly hear arguments right now with, you know, rape culture. Like I said, the drawback of this film being heteronormative. However, they showed the range of things. And all the time that's lost throughout this, when it's like, oh, well, you need to watch how you dress. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to watch about what vibes you give off. And it's like, so if you're a 10-year-old and you're giving off vibes, mm-hmm. what? Uh, like, with what some people will come up to defend R. Kelly, <laughs> you know? And then when you actually read the amount of times um, with young girls, young girls, and... We could go into the, like, you know, it was mainly young black girls and we can go into how not that many people care about when uh, black women are sexually assaulted. Uh, But I think that this movie at least acknowledges, no, you need to think about the bigger picture. And when you do those things, it doesn't help victims of sexual assault. It doesn't help men even with false accusations if you're thinking about that you know Mm -hmm. you have to think about yes the men that have been sexually assaulted and yet um you're still fine with making prison rape jokes Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i i can't or you're still fine with criticizing trans people you really care about trans men 
Mm-hmm. Mm-mm, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't sympathize. So that's a thing that's also good about this movie too. Like if you don't understand the nuance and you know, if you're a guy too, it's also great to see the guy's reactions. My boyfriend loved it, though. You know, I don't think I've ever watched it. With my boyfriend, Effing, loved it. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, um, <laughs> well, no, and also my friends came out, too. And it's just the physical effects, like, also, and the, like, humor and the, like, you know, just the way that the story went. It, yeah. Yeah. And, de- like, I appreciate you so much as a guest today because you brought out so much nuance that I didn't see. And it was really unique to hear you to hear your take on this film because it opened my eyes so much more and especially like even the story of medusa like i thought i knew it but i didn't realize that it was athena that changed her yep. you know and just like the complexity of that well, internalized you know, like, misogyny yeah. where to come from misogyny actually is a greek word <laughs> but actually like re-looking back at my own for like learning of that story mm-hmm. in my mind i was like oh yeah she was just like Turned into this snake-headed thing because, I don't know. <laughs> she was turned into it because I'm a dirt. That's such a, like... Isn't that crazy? That's exactly how we see rape victims now, though. Like... Don't talk about it or just... just something shitty happened to her. I don't know why that... Well, the thing know, that... Like, the... I did that. That's horrible. Like, oh. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, granted, Medusa is a mythical... You know, well, but, but what what that story did show, and like I said, when you actually read it and look at it, like you know, historians have talked about, it, it's like you know, it really stinks because they were not writing it as if like, oh, that's God, poor Medusa. Mm-hmm. They wrote it more like the Greek tragedy of like, well, you should have should have been in that known. temple, I guess. Yeah. Or no, it was like because she had refused him. But mm. the problem is like it was a catch twenty two in general. It, and that wasn't even considered from the writers. Isn't that amazing? It is. Right? So really, the whole point is, women, it is up to you to protect your virtue. Mm-hmm. That's the tale of Medusa. Are we still dealing with that this day? Now we covered that. No, no, that. we covered it over. The That's second wave second feminists wave. were the good ones. <laughs> the third wave, uh, I don't know about that. They're all uppity, you know. <laughs> This intersectionality. Good damn it. Good damn it. But yeah, like I I was fucked up with that story too. And, you know, you got to keep that in context. And I think the filmmakers also like, like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like, that's the story? And that's what they kept showing it. Mm hmm. Ah. Fantastic. Well, any uh, any final thoughts? Final thoughts. I guess I would recommend this, obviously, if you like, because it's cheesy. With great effects, good score, doesn't do a lot of things that 2007, doesn't do a lot of things that a lot of horror movies do now. No. Um, it really and stands especially alone. Especially for its time period, it stood out amongst other releases. Yes. That's the thing too. Kind of a quiet release also. Yeah. It wasn't too big. But the thing is, is that, yeah, this movie, I think, got the thing of like, you know, word of mouth. And that's why you still, you know, I didn't hear about it until 2012. 2011, oh, wow. 2012. That was the first time I saw it. Um, but yeah, if you like, you know, feminist, B-horror, you like physical effects, you like fun, funny characters, but also like dark, because this is like horror movie black comedy. Mm-hmm, I would say sure. a lot of black uh, humor, but it's amazing. And um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about this shit. Awesome. 
What are you, you got anything going on going to Chicago that you want to oh. let us know about? Follow me on Facebook to find events at www.facebook.natalygracealford.com. Um, and yeah, I'll be tweeting about it. And every, like I said, every Thursday we do uh, the Cupcake Comedy Cabaret. It's a really fun uh, open mic and, and showcase. Uh, so please come on by. We have free cupcakes. I usually try to bring pretzels too because that goes better with beer. And <laughs> These cupcakes are really delicious. Shout out they to Martin. They are delicious. But yeah, shout out to Martin. But yeah, so those are the things I have. And then on uh, uh, September 23rd, I am going to be doing a, a Chicago Singles Club uh, release show at Kohl's, I believe, on September 23rd. So that's going to be really fun. So cool. come yeah. on out. Definitely. All right. Well, that's been Natalie. I'm Kristen, and that was Bloody Mary. Have a good night. Later.